Hello, RFTT fam. Just wanted to take a second and hop on before this week's episode to offer a trigger warning due to the content of the show we have covered in depth the last couple weeks, and to say a few things in lieu of this week's headlines and the sad tragedy that seems to be happening exponentially in the United States. Mary and I's hearts go out to the families of those and all those affected by the shooting in Tennessee. This is horrible and tragic every single time we hear about it, and it never gets easier. We also wanted to say that the focus of many people is the fact that the person at fault for these actions was a trans person. But that's just it. They're simply a person, no different than any of the other cis white males that have taken up arms and done the same thing over 100 times just this year in other schools across our nation. The focus should not be on the person, it should be on the mental health of individuals who are deeply hurting, deeply disturbed, and deeply needing help. Much like the content of Heather's The Musical, guns themselves don't kill people. But when will we take the measures necessary to stop this epidemic of death in schools? We don't like to be political on this show, and you get to have any and all views you have. That is the beauty of our country here in the US. But when will we finally say a child's life is worth more than our ability to own a piece of machinery meant to inflict harm? Protection is one thing, but snuffing out so much potential is another. That said, the show covered this week does contain references to gun violence, school tragedies, and talk of suicide, among other hot topics best suited for those over the age of 13. It is important to talk about them. So with that, for the last time this season, happy listening. If a red scrunchie means something, and then a green scrunchie means something else, what does a blue scrunchie mean? Uh, That you have a thing for bad boys and you'll probably die if I get to know you. Ooh, I do kind of have a thing for bad boys, rut So then is that a problem for you or is it a problem for me? See, I have more questions. What if two blue scrunchies meet together? Uh Uh-oh, I don't want to know what happens when two blue scrunchies meet (laughs) each other. That's a bad time. You know what? Let's just ban all scrunchies. They're all just yellow scrunchies. (laughs) Oh, I would actually gladly have a Heather McNamara scrunchie, to be honest with you. Yellow does not look good on me, but I, I would do that. I would. There we go. I think well, there we go. We've we've solved it, people. Have a great night. That's the end of the show. We're done. This is great. We're done. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, Stephen, we've got we got loads of stuff to talk about. We got tea to spill. We got Slurpees to drink. We got corn nuts to eat, babe. So I feel like the only thing to do is to take this show from, from the, the top. top. From the top. A five, six, seven. Oh my god. Oh my god. You guys. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of From the Top, your favorite musical theater cast and review. My name is Mary. And I'm Steven. And tonight on the marquee, we are finishing up our discussion of the iconic, the one, the only, Heather's The Musical. Heather. Heather. And Heather. Heather. (laughs) (laughs) Can you please just keep it in that baritone for the entire episode? Challenge. Do you really want me to? Okay, maybe no. Maybe no. Whoa. <laughs> um, I don't know if I can handle don't that. Don't slide out of your seat too hard. <laughs> too late. I'm already slipping. Oh, she's slipping away. Slip uh, and slide. And 80s innovation. <laughs> <laughs> Only this is a different type of slip and slide. If you catch my drift. Gross. I know. Ah, ah. I don't want to think about that. Oh, okay. Uh, gay, 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 gay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> do we just need to play I Love My Dead Gay Son and then we'll I just do. bring it back? I need okay. to hear it. I'd, uh, gay or European, here we are. Fantastic. <laughs> here we are. Well, I mean, oh my gosh, we, I, I still have this musical on the brain. I still, our love is God. I don't know why that is just You rooted. have connected to I that song did. of all of the songs I and I, it's, it's like hypnotized you. It's just very like weird. JD. Oh, oh. <laughs> 
Oh, JD. But okay. So I actually, I, it's funny. Um, I have, t- I had to go back and I went and rewatched the source material. Maybe. Oh my gosh. I just connected something that we're going to talk about in a later segment. <laughs> so I'm going to hold Ooh. it for you. I'm going to give okay. myself a, I'm going to give myself a little, a little, a little gift, a little gifty. Um, a little gift. Yes. My a gift, not a gift, right? Gross. No. <laughs> actually, no, let's talk about this. Is it gif or jif? Okay. I think it's gif because it has a G in it. It's like a graphic. Hard yes. Yes. 100%. Okay. Because thank you. Other, otherwise, if it's J I, like J I F would be jif, giraffe. Right. Exactly. GIF, no. But, but, right? yeah, I, but, but then there's peanut butter. And I'm like, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I'm ha- My brain is having existential crisis at the moment. Yeah. Like, I but can't. Uh, but it's people. GIF. Yeah. Because they say it's like graphic. So it has to be jif. And I'm like, but wait, that doesn't make any sense, though, because it's still, you still stay with a, you stay with a guh. Gu- Thank yeah. you. And then it's not me. It's me. It's meme, not Mimi. Who says Mimi? I don't know. Okay. But I also, on our Instagram, <laughs> I loved the one we posted about rent, about mm-hmm. the soy candles mm-hmm. with Mimi. I'm like, a Mimi about Mimi. <laughs> <laughs> And it was funny, so I allowed it that time because it was funny. There are so many levels to yeah. that joke, babe. I, <laughs> levels. It's like a seven-layer dip of joke. <laughs> it's so good. Appreciate each layer for what it is. Ooh, a seven-layer dip is actually the same colors as our three Heathers. I know! <laughs> it's almost like I planned it that way. I mean, Yeah, you didn't. I, did you? Are you no. sure? No, I, I didn't. Know. Happy accident. You're right. Just like... Ram oh. <laughs> getting shot <laughs> with Ikluga bullets. Oh my god! Yeah, I I went back. Like I said, I went back and watched the source material. I love. I didn't catch this moment on the first watch through. The fact that JD asks Veronica, "Do you take German?" and she goes French, and then he describes oh. Ikluga bullets, and it's because she doesn't know German, and that's why he got away with it. And I just went. My brain was like, what? Like, you sneaky little fucker. Like, yeah, damn that's it. premeditation at its finest. But she's an accessory in all of it. Oh, yeah. And oh, I've totally. had so many thoughts about this because what's the afterlife of this? Mm-hmm. Does she get held accountable in any of this? Um, I would like to think that I would like to think so. But again, in this campy universe, maybe not. Maybe they just let her off and they're like, well, yeah, those guys were probably shitty anyway. Because, so it's whatever. Because I'm saying like in Dear Evan Hansen, he literally isolates himself in the end of Dexter fashion. Yeah, pretty <laughs> just, much. Just, just goes and like, I'm going to go isolate because I need me time. Yep. And nobody likes me yep. anymore. So I'm going to go be alone and not deal with anything. Yeah. She should be in jail. Oh, one thousand <laughs> so, percent. So I don't know. Anyway, all of these great existential questions. I think my existential question I'd have for myself is: if I ever got a real note from a director. If it isn't asking too much, will you please show me a little? All right, now once again, give it some. I feel like that would, in fact, be an existential crisis for you since you never get notes. <laughs> but we've, we've talked about it before how it, when one doesn't get notes, one starts questioning themselves and oh. you start going, why? I've actually approached a director one time. I'm like, <gasps> hey, I haven't gotten a note in like three weeks. Do you have anything for really? me? Really? Yeah. And all they said, I have so many other fires to put out right now. <laughs> you are the least of my worries. <laughs> Which like, is such a compliment, but also and, uh, right. And I went, okay. Are are we in a good spot then, or not a good spot? <laughs> right. Do you need help or like a shot of vodka? Like what? Are <laughs> like, we- <laughs> what do you need? Where are we? Poof. What do you need? Yeah. Oh god, uh-huh. that's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, a lovely place for corrections. My bad. I accidentally uploaded. <laughs> 
Stephen, <laughs> you be careful with what you're about to say. I uploaded my entire nudes album. Oh, no! Our, no. Somehow, the version that got uploaded had this weird 10-second gap, and I don't know if what happened in our finalizing of the part two episode of Heather's, oh, no. there was this weird 10-second se- gap. If you happen to be one of our first, like, 10 listeners, you probably had this rando bit of 10 seconds of dead air and apologies for that and so you you were like what I quickly fixed it as quick as I could because I went oh that's not right oh no 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 so yeah if you happen to be one of those sorry technology is great when it works and a horror when it doesn't oh god oh my god yeah should be fixed now if you happen to listen and that happened that's great maybe it's out there somewhere uh, our next one, oh, we got a, our first official like hate <laughs> message. But I not love the hate. I love that this makes you happy when we get hate mail. Like, oh, I love it. See, oh, I love it. Okay, so I haven't po- I haven't had an anxiety attack yet today. So is this going to be inducing or no? I think it creates a great conversation. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Okay, I um, I, I I welcome it. Go ahead. Someone already very much disagrees, and this only proves my point that Heather's fans are ferocious. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yes, so I made the comment, I do not always appreciate Chandler, Heather Chandler, coming back uh, after she has her lovely blue liquid demise. Yeah, her little accident. I made this comment that sometimes I feel it works, sometimes I feel it doesn't. Um, The person very much just called me not right. (laughs) Whoa. Yeah. So I wanted to bring it up and say, okay, Okay. let's chat about it. Maybe I can be specific maybe in like a moment where I think it works and a moment where I think it doesn't work as well. Sure. The part I love is when she initially dies and Veronica and JD are trying to piece together this suicide note for her because it actually makes sense in a theatrical vehicle, which then leads into the me inside of me right? where it's Heather's voice. So she's dead, but it's her voice. So she's actually speaking and like imparting her singing voice into the suicide note. Right. And then there's this beautiful moment where the cops are reading the suicide (laughs) note and then Heather Chandler is singing and then also Veronica's singing. And there's this really fun trio of like, wait, who's actually reading Reading or saying these things, which is the question, right? Sure. So I think that's a vehicle where it absolutely works and it makes perfect sense. Sure. I'm not a fan when Heather appears. One, I'm just not a huge fan of the Me Inside of Me song because I think one, it's sort of uplifting people yep. in the in in the wrong way. And almost uplifting the idea that what Heather did was good. Mm-hmm. And that's a little iffy for me. And like her whole part in that running around saying, oh, this is amazing. I'm as big as John Lennon. (laughs) And I'm like, wait, let's not throw this idea into people's heads. Yeah, let's not do that. Thank you. But I'm also not a fan. I'm kind of iffy on this as well. So I like what Heather Chandler and Ram and Kurt do Mm -hmm. in the yo girl thing where they're warning essentially Veronica creating that atmosphere of tension while she's having that conversation with her parents Mm -hmm. about JD dropping by the Moby Dick book and like suicidal thoughts and things that she's having. If, if we, if it's not staged correctly, if it's not done well or clearly, it almost looks as if, or it could look as if they are warning her. Sure. And I don't agree with that because then that would take this into like a fantasy world where the dead can speak to the living and that's that's not right. (laughs) So I agree but don't agree. I think this is one of those lovely things. We all get to have opinions about it. Clearly I love this show. So I take it for every iota of what it is. So I but I have I have my own thoughts and opinions and I'm sure the the person that wrote this has thoughts and opinions that uh, other people don't agree with about other shows as well. Yeah, so. absolutely. And then also kind of talking about that moment when Heather 
Chandler officially dies. I love that I always Heather, and then I have to pause to be like, wait, I can't just say Heather. There's three of them. There's three of them. (laughs) (laughs) Heather Chandler initially dies, and uh, she makes this thing in the me inside of me when they're writing the suicide note. She makes this like air supply quote. It made me think about what we were saying about can this... show transcend time era and decade sure and i went that's such a specific reference that wouldn't be made today unless you're like into this niche thing sure now what 30 year old music right oh ow 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 (laughs) ow so and then i Uh. went and our then all of our talk about mean girls and our main coverage of this show i was like so mean as we've said mean girls is kind of the new heathers Mm -hmm. so then to take heathers and move it you're really just having to like shift too many things and move too many things too many script rewrites i rescind my statement that i think this show can move time era and decade i would rather this show stay squarely in this time i think that i will still stand by my statement that it could move time era and decade but with the caveat that you would have to change a lot about the script to be able to have current references that people would understand. Probably some things about costumes and, and all of that stuff. I mean, I still think it's possible. It, is it something that people might would put the time into? I don't know for sure. It would be easier just to leave it rooted in the 80s. Even we were talking about hitting the record button, a scrunchie. Fair enough. Yeah. it It's so rooted in an era and it's just like ugh. but scrunchies are coming it's, back babe i mean i'm just saying for, I'm for just better saying. or worse just like the choker uh, is that coming back no oh jenko jeans <gasps> chokers scrunchies oh my god the 90s kid in me is so happy right now yeah it's crazy that's delightful and then i will uh finally remember something I talk about when I say, oh, I said I was going to cover this in show notes. Uh, Croquet in the 1980s. (gasps) Yes, I do remember. Okay, yes, tell me. Tell me, tell me. I made the bold claim that I feel croquet is superfluous in the musical. Correct. I still stand by this, but what I'm going (laughs) to give a little leniency on is croquet was... In fact, in the 1980s, having a little uptick, I will maybe give (laughs) leniency to the fact that maybe Veronica's family would have had a croquet set in their backyard ready to go. So the little bit of history on like what croquet's life has been in the U.S., Yes, uh, in 1800s or earlier, like it was the game of royalty and the higher, higher status of of Europe. Sure. But in the 30s and 40s, it in America, it actually had a weird time uh, in Hollywood stars. Like if you were the who's who of Hollywood, you probably had a croquet set. The hoity-toity polloi of Hollywood was probably playing croquet and sure. having a grand old time. Sure. But then it plateaued. Oh, sure. Like the game just sort of, it was what it was. Sure. Wasn't popular, wasn't anything, wasn't gaining any traction. Okay. And then for some reason, in the 60s, it had a little small uptick. And Ooh, slowly like but surely, over the next two decades, it got to a point where they actually had 350 private clubs of croquet. Like Slow golf down. clubs. What? Yeah. 350 private clubs Wow. Based around croquet. So. Okay. That happened in the 80s. Like, couple took a couple decades, but in the 80s, it, it officially became super popular. Wow. Again, two minds on this. Sure. I can see in rationale mode. If any family on the street maybe had a croquet set mm-hmm. and they could play it because it was kind of the vogue thing to do and have. Sure. But... Just the idea that there are croquet clubs. But really, though? 
is also meaning you still get to keep your status symbol. So I go, meh. It still kind of creates this connotation. We get introduced to Veronica as a person who's not having the best time in this musical, and she's seeing high school as something to survive. She then has to gang with the Heathers to feel like she can cement that survival for the duration of senior year. Yep. And so this idea that she was part of this higher status family doesn't exist to me because if she was this, she wouldn't have been having maybe as hard of a time Sure, to need to band together with these Heathers. So I don't know. I'm still ha- I'm having this existential crisis surrounding <laughs> <laughs> this whole croquet thing, but I'm going to uh, stick to my guns. I'm going to still say the vehicle of croquet. It could have been anything. Yeah. They could have been playing badminton. They could have been, throwing a frisbee they could have been like you know it could have been whatever in the back picking up dog shit i don't oh know my God. <laughs> heather chandler Here. would not be caught dead picking up dog shit like this we well know. she would if she got to put it into the liverwurst Ew, that's, that is not pate. Well, it's funny that you mentioned the croquet bit because that was exactly the note that I was going to give myself. So I'm really glad that you did it because now it means I don't have to. Ta-da! Initially, when we had talked about this, when you had, when we were mentioning the croquet thing, like you had, again, it had been so long since I had seen the source material that you had said that, you know, croquet is, you know, kind of iconic in this movie because it's one of the first things that we see and it is kind of important that it be in here. And I was like, yeah, okay, well, I mean, I guess that's fair, but I don't really remember. So I went back and I watched it and it does, in fact, kind of set the standard pretty quickly, putting all of these, you know, girls together on this playing field and really showing us from the get-go that Heather Chandler is the queen bee. And like, I mean, it was, in the film, it is the vehicle kind of to to get us going in that kind of mode of thought to go through the film. Um, And I remember I had said that I didn't really think it was that important, but now going back and watching it, I do understand how integral it is to the film. Yeah, because like I said, I think those opening numbers that we have with the Heathers do the same thing. Croquet is then just that iconic bit that you need in this musical because it's a disservice to the musical if you don't do it. But I I will say I think croquet is substitutiary. Like, you can make it something else. (laughs) I almost went into bed knobs and broomsticks, people. I am (laughs) substitutiary locomotion, it must be. (laughs) Anyway. um, (laughs) One of the reasons why I just adore the ever-living shit out of you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was all the notes I had. And that was so, the one note I had. So, I mean. Facts and figures are pretty good. Yeah. Nothing. I double checked anything I was questioning that I had randomly said. <laughs> it all seemed to track. So, I'm going to I'm gonna be pretty solid with Yay. that. So, I guess where do we go from here? Oh. Is it a scary place? Is it a, is it a place where I shouldn't shut my eyes? Or I want to shut my eyes. I mean, it's definitely a place where I have forgotten my scrunchie and probably most of my choreography. <laughs> I'm standing on stage just looking at you going, what's the next step? And you're like, bitch, I'm pot of beret. I don't know what the fuck you're doing, but I'm just over here dancing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You anyway. want to know one of my favorite actor's nightmares? Oh my God, tell me. Middle of Hairspray, one night, the ring is integral that Link Larkin wears because right. it is the status symbol that tells everyone whether or not you are dating someone or not. Right. Promise ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One night, I am supposed to have the ring on my finger before, without love, getting Tracy out of jail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm supposed to, like, present the ring or, like, look at the ring or promise her the ring. I look down at my hand. There's no ring. <gasps> Apparently, no. I hadn't taken it out of my pocket when they did laundry. No. So it was in the dryer. So that was was 1000% my fault. So I look down and I'm trying to figure out because I have like an entire line that I'm supposed to say on the spot. What can I do? No. Tracy is now looking at me. She sees what I'm seeing and is like, I can't help you. (laughs) (laughs) I go, I give you my promise ring. But Amber threw it at my face when I told her I'd rather be with you. (gasps) And it went down the drain or something. 
and yes! like and just like you're trying to be in character just a quick cover the the music's playing <laughs> to like get into without it's love like waiting for you <laughs> what did we forget to talk about in heather's the musical so there is this petition that Heather Duke is walking around the school with, right? And yes. she has been kind of maybe gaslit is the right word, or maybe it's persuaded by JD. I to, think all of the above. All of the above. To get everybody to sign this petition that through, you know, he basically lies to her about the reason why they need to sign this petition. And then he reveals to Veronica that the petition itself, quote, is going to be the list of names of all the students as a final big suicide note from the entire school when it blows up with the Boilermaker in is it the, it's not the Boilermaker it's the Norwegian in the boiler room right yes the Norwegian yes. in the boiler room so but that's what this whole list is and we mentioned the petition but we didn't actually talk about like what it well, was no but I mean the because the petition that's essentially fine. became like JD saying hey I tricked everyone they didn't know what they were signing when exactly. I got Heather Duke to do my dirty work because she's so hell-bent on being so popular exactly <laughs> he literally used her popularity against her yeah, and Heather Duke apparently was saying anything and everything about what the petition was to get people to sign it. Yep. So she's using her own vanity. Ergo, JD's using her own vanity against her. Absolutely. It becomes this crazy thing. Also a life lesson, always read something before you sign it. Thank <laughs> God you said that because really, I mean, I get sometimes the iTunes terms and conditions is a lot, but if you're going to put your name on something, you have to know what it is that you're signing and sub point ask questions if you don't know don't put your name to something that you're just like oh well, everyone else is doing it so i'm gonna do it too it could turn out to be a suicide note for your entire school don't do that life lessons <laughs> from mary and steven there you go to i mean to to the credit he does have this major dramatic theatrical moment where he rips off the the top the label yes of, <laughs> of the the written portion but i'm like i ain't gonna sign nothing that has something taped on to it like uh -uh. that's that ain't gonna yeah uh-uh but overall, this suicide note was going to be a major statement mm -hmm. about a mass suicide, essentially, kind of like equivalent to what was that? Not Waco. Uh, where they all drank the Kool-Aid in that crazy Yes, in the bunker. Cult. It is not Waco, but I know where you're at. I don't yeah. I don't remember I can't what remember it was, that. Though. I'm not I ain't gonna show notes it, but we all know what we're talking about. Yeah. There's an entire phrase called don't drink the Kool-Aid yes, from this. For that so, reason. Ergo, do not always drink the Kool-Aid. Always ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> Although you should always drink Kool-Aid because it's delicious. And don't take it from random strangers and maybe don't take it from like dudes in dark trench coats. You know, Especially if it's blue and in a white mug. Yeah, especially the ceramic mug. Don't do that. Don't do that. This actually goes kind of into a fun next point of all this. Ooh. Suicidal ideation. Um, Let's talk about that for a yeah. hot minute. So I think it, it's pertinent to talk about this with this show 100. Because this show was gaining popularity at the same time that... And it was a major controversy then. 13 Reasons Why, that series. Sure. The population at mass had no real idea what to do with this because it was so popular yeah. amongst younger people. It almost gained more of a hate than in the 90s when people thought video games were ruining people's brains. Sure. <laughs> Whereas 13 Reasons Why people are thinking suicidal ideation was being an increasingly viable option for people who wanted to make a statement. Now, there were a lot of stats surrounding all of this, and I sort of want to read these, and like I think it'll open up a good discussion for us. Sure. A study was conducted on 13 Reasons Why and the Effects of Self-Harm. It was found that people who watched the series entirely, as in also season two, mm -hmm. were less likely to purposefully injure themselves rather than seriously consider suicide. So it's it's almost like 
don't just read half the story, get the full story, sure. which is a life lesson. Sure. You have all information oh, <laughs> right. before you make decisions. Before you make decisions. It doesn't change the fact that when the series first aired, between the demographic age of 10 to 17, there was a 20 9% increase in suicide rates in the April following the release of that show. Holy shit. The road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? Sure. They probably wanted to create something good and bring light to this. However, the way it was delivered almost made the protagonist or the third the person giving out doling out these tapes in this show mm -hmm. kind of like heather chandler kind of uplifted you know put on this pedestal and celebrated yeah. and you go wait we need to talk about this and ask questions before we put this into a demographic that is still learning what this world is yeah instead of putting these maybe large ideas into their mind. Do we think people who like this musical are affected for the better or for the worse? It's important to address the issue simply because it is very rampant, I feel, among the younger generations. Like, unfortunately, in the town that I'm in, there is there are two local high schools. I'm friends with one of the professors at one of the high schools. It, last year alone, I'm pretty sure they had five students and their own lives in oh a gosh. year. And it was something that was just, it was devastating not only to the students, but to the staff because you get, you know, you get used to, you know, seeing someone, especially if it's a student in your class or one of your fellow classmates. And then when they're not there and you wonder why, and then you find out why, like that's already traumatic enough as it is. And so I think that as we've talked about for multiple shows, theater is a mirror that we use to kind of reflect back to society and go, here is what is going on and here's what you need to think about. So I think it's important that, yes, the idea of it be addressed because it is prevalent, especially among high school people. And that is unfortunately the age demographic that probably suffers the most. But I do not agree with the idea that you are now venerated because you took your own life because you were in so much pain. Like that's kind of the through line of that whole song, The Me Inside of Me, is that nobody knew Heather Chandler until she killed herself because they went, oh God, like she was, she must have been suffering like me. And then that gives me hope that I don't have to kill myself, that I can, or that I can kill myself and that people will love me. And like, that's a really dangerous thought process to have is that you will only be loved and venerated after you are gone. And so in that regard, I think it's dangerous. But when, when it comes to this musical specifically, I think that although that idea is dangerous, it is very much like footnote is the wrong word, but it's about the closest thing that I can think of. There is a moment where obviously we have this song where Heather Chandler starts saying, oh my God, like they're making me sound like air supply. I'm bigger than, you know, John Lennon. Like she makes all of these kind of statements about it. But there is a, a deeper kind of level to this, which is, you know, reaching out when you are hurting and not waiting until it's too late to do so. Because, yeah. like, it for me, it cycles right back to Spring Awakening, much like we talked about in the very first part of this show uh, of, when we covered it originally. That when Moritz makes the decision, it's the only option, right? It, he took the time to go, there is nothing else for me to do here. This is literally my only way out. This is the only way that I'm going to get relief. We flip it to Heather's, where everyone's made to think that. When in actuality, it was an accident. So like, you know, it's it's about the narrative that we tell ourselves. And when once you tell it to somebody, how they run with it. Ultimately, it is, it is good to put it a lens on it because it's something that needs to be addressed and seen. But do I think that people are made better for it? I don't know if that's true. Because of the way that it was handled with you are only really seen after you're dead. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like there are moments in the show that I see it is Heather Chandler or even Veronica. Like, she's she's put into this between a rock and a hard place a, a lot. And something that's, like, sticking out to me. <clears throat> oh, my God. Am I getting teary? I'm getting, <gasps> like, 
There's a, there's a moment when I say no. For some reason, the most powerful moment <clears throat> of that for me is somehow I'm saying no. Yeah. She's realizing she maybe didn't think it was an option before. She's finding it now in herself that somehow I'm saying no. Yeah. If anything, that just proves there's always an option that maybe you're not thinking about in that moment. And I do want to take this moment. Uh, I want once when this episode is released, we'll do a whole promo thing with it. I want very much so I want to link uh, all links to suicide helplines, anything. If you think you're having these thoughts, if you think that you're uh, there is no other way, if you are finding yourself struggling, I want you to know. Cut, take it from two people who are through the weeds and both of us are very open to each other and maybe we should be open even more just to our audience. We suffer from lows a lot of the time. Like Absolutely. You know, the there's there's always lows, but that it's there's always another way. And so I want to link, you know, phone numbers, websites, chat groups. There are so many options for people having these thoughts and ideations. Mm-hmm. It's valid and I still have them today even. Yeah. So, and I, I would just know that on our Instagram uh, links to uh, help for you. Mm-hmm. Well, especially now more than ever, you know, kind of piggybacking off of what you uh, were saying about getting help. Um, we've gone through a pandemic where people were absolutely shuttered indoors, could not be together, couldn't, couldn't do anything. And unfortunately that kind of isolation was very damaging to a lot of people. And so now there are things like, you know, online therapy that are available to pretty much anybody, anytime, anywhere, and take pretty much any sort of insurance plan. So like, even if you have terrible insurance, there will always be somebody out there who is willing to sit down and talk with you, someone who is licensed and and, and is prepared to be able to have those conversations with you. Not to say that you shouldn't reach out to other people like your friends and family and let them know how you're feeling. But if it is truly getting to a point where you are having those really dark thoughts and you're going to places that you probably like have never gone before, it is so important to reach out to someone who is equipped to be able to help you navigate these conversations because you know a lot of the time too with online bullying people will get behind a keyboard and say anything that they want things like you're probably better off dead and it's terrible that that especially now bullying now for high school age children is just un it's rampant it's unbelievable can you imagine if heathers actually happened in a 2023 environment i'm sure it's probably happening in high schools across the country across the world yeah but like it's just it's devastating to think about that you know it is it is important to again to put a lens on it and you know i i'm sure you're probably going to mention it but i'm i'm going to jump the gun since heather mcnamara in the show also does you know she she mm-hmm. and veronica have that moment right in the um in, yeah, in the bathroom. It was literally the next bullet point I have. So yes. Well then mm. go. Well then go, Stephen. Now oh, I'm in your oh brain. Oh my gosh, no! Like let's keep it going. I like this moment so much more because it feels more truthful. Yeah. As opposed to the, I think we get to see the fakeness in Heather Chandler's fake suicide note or sure. attempt or what you know what is perceived to be right versus actually what McNamara is going through. Yeah. Seeing Veronica actually talk her down mm-hmm. is wonderful. Um, I, <laughs> the, it's, it's a little more camptastic in the film, but it, it feels so good in the physical musical. Mm-hmm. Um, they camp it up with her slowly dribbling out the pills from her mouth that right. she was going to down. But right. um, it, you know, it's adding that bit of humor to make a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. I think if anything, it cements what you were saying before in our main episode that, of course, even if you're popular, even if you are in a higher status, we'll say Mm -hmm. you still have problems and you have you are a human. You have feelings and you're going through stuff just like the rest of everyone. Absolutely. Well, I mean, not too much more. Uh, The other only other couple small tidbits was ensemble bows in the other palaces version that we got to watch. Yeah. 
So I thought this was a cute little thing to bring up. And I think if you're ever going to put on a production of Heathers, you have to absolutely do this because it just cements a little hint of what the message of the show is. Uh, individual members of the ensemble all did bow together as an ensemble, but mm-hmm. then each individual ensemble member got to step forward and take their bow and get their applause. Ugh. If anything, it shows you are not just one group. You are a person. You are you and you deserve to be celebrated. And I yeah. thought that was not only sort of a lovely arc end to this entire show but it just it read well and i got it so i know the director made that choice because of maybe some underlying messages within the show absolutely and so i applaud that 100 same I, so many times we've been in ensemble shows where the ensemble just does their one bow and then they split off and and it is what it is and i mean not to say that that's not acceptable obviously if you have a large cast like your ensemble can bow together but you're right it does speak to the underlying theme of the show that is even though you were in the background and even though you were just another student in the high school or another adult in the world you still got your moment kind of in the sun so exactly. I, I appreciate that a lot too yeah and uh the last fun little bit I was going to judge this musical so hard if the signature sayings from this show were not given their due. (laughs) And the two that stick out in my mind. Oh, babe. Lick it up, baby. Lick Lick it up. up. Oh, so good. Well. Fuck me gently with a chainsaw. (laughs) Um, I was not upset with either. Oh, God. I'm just going to say that. I was so scared upon watching this because in the film, the chainsaw quote is said within the first five minutes of the film. Yeah, it's like right away. (laughs) In the cafeteria. But it, it sort of sets up Chandler's personality oh yes is what i'll say the tinge of crazy that is popularity (laughs) and when it wasn't done right away in the first couple scenes Mm -hmm. i was like oh did did they cut this oh no what happened and then it came back so hey pulling it full circle that's a great moment for her to come back from the dead for. Oh, yes. Cheers to that. One thousand <laughs> percent. And it was done in the absolute correct moment. So. Oh, yes, absolutely. So I will just say very happy that the iconic phrases. Yes. that I hold dear and quote all the time from the show were uplifted <laughs> and good. So agreed. I love it. You can't I mean, you can't just like the croquet thing. You can't not have it because it is a very good homage back to the source material. So like you kind of got to do it. That's all I got from an actor's nightmare. Goats screaming and everything. Oh, God. Screaming Um, goats. Who, Mary, would you trust to fuck you gently with a chainsaw in a new version of this show? Oh my god, I am red in the face right now. I just can't. Oh my god. Fuck me gently with a Jesus Christ. I just, that's a great question. Let's get into it. Well, we know that this is my favorite portion of this show where we get to like recast this thing with people of my hour choosing. Um, So my executive prerogative, you are sitting behind your director's table. I, as your producer, am coming to you with a list of newbies who are going to put on Heather's The Musical. Okay. So... Now, the, this age category, right, is, is I mean, okay, this is my disclaimer, right? This age category is probably going to be closer to, like, the 30s than they are high schoolers. Is that going to matter to you? If Clueless taught us anything, you have to be 30 to play a high schooler. <laughs> Brilliant. Fabulous. Okay, so we're going to take that. We're going to take that nugget. Share Horowitz this. Yes. I love it. This is delightful. So I did only come with one selection per person. Okay. So um, as your executive prerogative, you do have a pin, you have a veto, you have a swap, um, and you've probably got a couple other things. So 
Love it. Um, we're going to start with our queen bee, with Heather Chandler, okay? Because Chandler. Because we have to start with her to be able to build kind of the rest of this. Now, I did only do the eight teenagers. I didn't do any of the other adults. I just did your kind of eight principal ensemble. That's okay. So, um, all right. Heather Chandler, Brittany Snow. I mean, immediately, yes. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Uh, I Do I think it's a little derivative of Amber? But no, I think it's... Perfectly correct. Fabulous. Okay, good. All right. Brittany Snow in. Delightful. Um, okay, so having to build the other Heathers around Brittany Snow was kind of a challenge. I'm not going to lie to you. This is why I struggled with this for like a hot second. But Heather McNamara, okay. Oh, what do you think about Anna Kendrick? Are we just redoing Pitch Perfect? Um, well, no, because Pitch Perfect would be if she was We're Veronica. Yeah, she sure. would be Veronica okay. in, this, in that scenario. Uh, no, actually, that would be a cute cast i'd a sub like understudy emma stone potentially Ooh, she was actually she was on my list before i picked annie kendrick to be honest cute. with you no so great we so i think we're in agreement okay Fantastic. sounds good i'm i'm done with this selection i i'll pin it for now but i think it'll be fine okay so then to round out your heathers for heather duke what about zendaya Okay, yes, it's an immediate yes. I can't say no to that beautiful human. Are you just like Ado yes. Annie? I can't say no. I go, did you just make an Oklahoma reference? Um, I might have. Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. I can't spell it. Don't make me. I'm not gonna. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we have our three iconic Heathers. Delightful. So who could balance out this trio of badassery? For Veronica, here's who I here's who I'm gonna give to you. Uh Chloe Grace Moritz. You're gonna have to help me. This is one of those moments. That's okay. Um, so she was in uh Kick Ass, she was in Dark Shadows. Oh my gosh, yes. Right? As a hit girl? Carrie. Yes, Carrie, yes, yes. Oh my yes. gosh, I love the double entendre of like this whole idea. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Wouldn't Immediately, that be yes. Fabulous. And okay. She does sing. That's she cool. Does. Okay. Yep, absolutely. Cool. Okay, I love that. So now- and actually it's kind of fun because she's in kind of like a mini Chandler. So Chandler would probably find her threatening, yes. just like Regina George did to Katie. Oh, See, we're pulling it back to a Mean Girls reference. Uh, uh. Just saying. We okay, always perfect. have to twirl it back to Mean Girls. <laughs> it's always Mean Girls. Always. <laughs> if Veronica is Chloe Grace Moritz, we have to have somebody who looks like he could be a bad boy, but isn't like threatening right away. But he's also got a little bit of suave, which is why she falls in love with him. Okay. So for JD, I am presenting you the headshot of Bill Skarsgård. Pennywise? Okay, yes, but also, like... Yes, an immediate yes. Okay, good. (laughs) Yep. Actually, he looks perfect. Handsome, but scary. Handsome, but scary. Okay, Yeah. good. Okay, perfect. Good. Top-notch casting. Oh my God, thank you. That's great. Yay. So... All right, well, let's jump now to Martha Dump Truck, okay? Because, or Martha Dunstock is actually what her name is. But of course, everyone lovingly, uh, quote, calls her Martha Dump I know. I struggled with this one really hard, but I'm hoping that you'll go with me on this. Um, I think that Martha needs to be Nikki Blonsky. Nikki Blonsky is a great idea for casting in this. Yeah? Oh, I yeah, I'm totally down with it. And on top of it, I think she would be down with it. Especially, this would be like a fun thing to do because her and Veronica were so close. Mm-hmm. Um, because she is now openly, vehemently, very lesbian. Yes, and I love that. I love knowing that, and like I follow her on all the socials and love interacting with everything she puts out. Yay! But so I kind of love this maybe underlying thing of maybe we can make her a lesbian in this and like that's an underlying thing for like the queer representation hey. in some of it too and that would be really fun another reason for her to like question herself and be sure. made fun of and all that but then well but then it doesn't make sense with the ram thing but we could figure that out essentially we figure it out um i'm also going to advocate maybe oh she kind of had a great glow up though i'll say it anyway because we could bring her back because we know she can play this america ferrara oh <gasps> 
Oh, oh, Stephen, that's a really good one. She, I mean, she's maybe she's in the touring show of this. She's the touring cast of you, you this. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I can no, I see I, the world where both of these yeah. things exist. Oh, totally. And I love all of it. So 1, cool, 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 cool. No, I'm, I'm, I like both of those choices a lot. Well, of course, I like mine, but that's you know. Well, I mean, obviously, I mean, but I do. I I actually never would have thought of Nikki Blonsky, so that's actually really cool. Well, this is the whole reason why you have me here is because sometimes there there are a couple of you know corners of your brain that you don't access, which is fine, and that's why I'm here to just like nick the button and I go think of this. Okay, so the last two kids that we have to kind of cast in this are Kurt and Ram, right? So I was I was kind of thinking about like who would be a really good like a slapstick duo kind of, but still a little bit bro who can still sing and still dance threatening, but kind of in a dumb way that like maybe it's not threatening. The whole cow patch thing would be funny. I'm going to give you the headshot for Kurt's in Kurt's role. I'm going to give you Zac Efron. Fine. Because he's gorgeous also. And, and he, f- he fits the profile, fits the whole thing, kind of goes along with the ages of the people. Yes. I mean, we're I kind like we of... recently cast him, but, you know, I'll absolutely allow it. Okay. Yep, it's okay. fine. Right. I swear to God, if you tell me Ram is Franco, I'm going to... It's just neighbors all over again. Okay. <laughs> so I wasn't going to, but now that you've said that, I kind of think we have to. So if Kurt and Ram had actually lived and then went to, college, to college, they became the the neighbors. Yes. For, okay. Gotcha. I see it all tracks. It all comes sure around does. in the end. My option for Ram is uh, I think one that would compliment Zac Efron pretty pretty good um so i have harry shum jr oh my gosh immediately yes yahoo immediately yes fan freaking tastic so all right my uh, dear well let's roll he's back so through. underrated and so good is, and yes, he yes. killed it in uh Bo- shadow shadow and bones or whatever in that series oh yeah 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 yeah, w yeah. series and then was on glee of course of yes. course no 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 of course 1000 percent. all right beautiful actually uh what's his butt that was in the wheelchair who's actually a phenomenal singer and dancer and was part of a boy band. Why? Oh my gosh. Why am I blanking on his name? I'm going to need your gay card. Please. And thank you. Kevin McHale. Kevin McHale. Yeah. Would be actually a really good uh, understudy for both of them. Agreed. I totally agree. So, all right, my darling. Well, your final casting, uh, Heather Chandler as Brittany Snow. Heather McNamara as Anna Kendrick. Heather Duke. I'll allow it. uh, You'll allow it. Okay, good. Uh, Heather Duke is Zendaya. Veronica is Chloe Grace Moritz. JD is Bill Skarsgård. Kurt is Zach Efron. Ram is Harry Shum Jr. And Martha is Nikki Blonsky. That is your new casting for Heather's The Musical. Yeah, we're definitely getting into the clueless sort of thing and not casting teens in this, but I, yeah, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm here, here for it. it. I can... You know what? I mean, all those young kids are getting enough roles. Like, we got to get, we got to kick them back to the 30 sums. <laughs> well, you know what I love? Sometimes I really love a little thought exercise. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like we need to go play a little croquet and I think we need to eat some pate and we need to discuss things that could have happened in a little what if. I'm going to knock your cocaine ball off this cloud right now. Oh, my God. As long as you don't hit into a tree and hit, you know, poor Heather McNamara, just like, or Heather Duke, just chilling in the in the rough. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, babe. What do you got for me today? What What's rolling around in that beautiful brain of yours? I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I wanted maybe just a quick thought on what if the original source film had made this ending of the show what it was supposed to be Mm -hmm. where the school blew up and all the people died and everyone just went to heaven (gasps) would that have made a better musical is what i'm posing whoa all right that is an interesting thought exercise i can see where it would have a pass because it would explain the level of like camp that we find in this world, right? Mm-hmm. Where this is like somebody's, you know, fever dream and their final moments of dying. Like this is what they imagined the whole story to be like, 
or somebody was, you know, they survived and they were in a coma from it, but then they ended up dying. Like there's a lot of kind of things that would explain away the level of camp in this show. I actually prefer the ending that JD becomes like the martyr essentially because it I feel like it rounds out his character arc really beautifully because he begins this from a really dark place and then he kind of curves right into mania with Veronica and they're you know going on killing sprees and doing all this garbage and then we round it out where he tries to get Veronica on his side Veronica goes you're fucking crazy and I'm going to tell everybody that you've done this And then he goes, yeah, all right, well, we're both damaged, but you're the one that needs to be saved. So I really appreciate that story arc. And I don't know if I would like JD as much as a character if he actually blew up the entire school. I'm going to say that I like it as it is. And I want it to stay the way it is. I absolutely disagree. (gasps) How dare you? How dare you? (laughs) No, I completely completely disagree you disagree with it. this is i love it tell me why this, tell this me is why actually this, this is our actually like first no like i'll fight you on this one well okay please and don't it took f- until the season finale uh, don't to fucking do this. fight me but like i mean no, okay fine I think, I think it solves every qualm and question i have with this musical interesting okay because i hate because I've I brought it up like I hate that Veronica's essentially being given this pass. I like this idea bigger idea of actions have consequences sure. and sometimes they're big consequences and allowing crazy people to get away with crazier things is like a snowball effect that turns into an avalanche. Sure. And I I like this idea that the small things led up to bigger things, led to huge things, led to literal a catastrophe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I love this idea of a slow build throughout this show and that would have been it. And then to have this message at the end of we're all in heaven and realize it never even mattered. And I don't think the song needed to change. They just get to be 17 forever and realize it doesn't matter. I also think this show in a way has a villain crisis. Oh, interesting. Who's the villain? Which... Is which is great because sometimes it's not always clear cut and dried. Right. Um, it would have given a better idea of JD as the actual villain, of course. Okay. And then we have the superfluous villain of like Heather Chandler, Ben Duke, and then we have the boy villains, but you know, again, right. everyone's somewhat of a villain in this show. Yeah. Who who are we rooting for, really? Exactly. And it changes from scene to scene. <laughs> I like this bigger, larger than life, extravagant musical idea of of that buildup. So I don't know. I I really... It would even solve Heather Chandler and Curtin Ram coming back, like, from the dead. Sure. To me, it would have solved that. So I'm just going to vehemently disagree with you. I love I it. I would have rather had this other end. You know what? I feel like after what we've been friends for almost a decade, like, I feel like now I'm not scared of you anymore. So I'm like, yeah, fight me, but be nice about it. Like, okay, that's great. You can fight me. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, but again, the coming down to the core reason why we do this show, Stephen, is because we... We both have opinions about stuff, and a lot of times it's on the same wavelength, and, you know, we're both playing the same game of croquet, and sometimes I'm playing chess, and you're playing croquet, and then you, you know, knock me in the head with a croquet ball, (laughs) which is fine. Is that how that goes? (laughs) You know, I think so, because sometimes I throw chess pieces at you, but then it's like, eh, that's not really doing a whole lot, so it's fine. But no, I love love the fact that you disagree with me, because I think it still gives a really good thought exercise to, yeah, to what would this show look like if that was true? And I mean, I stand behind that, you know, of course, I love a bad boy, so like, I want to see his redemption arc. I love how this ends. So let's not all twist this. I love how this show ends. I'm not twisting anything. I'm just saying that like, I... For the masses at all. Uh, Yes, for at all. Oh, I love hate mail. So I know you do, babe. (laughs) I know you do. But yeah, no, I, I love that we do not have the same opinion on this because again, that's what, that's what makes us friends. Like if we both just liked the same stuff, like this would be such a boring show. Are you kidding me? We would have (laughs) such a boring show. Anyway. We can't always be simpatico, right? I mean, I can't always be right when I agree with you. So. (laughs) 
what do you mean? I'm always right. And therefore you agree. So I'm right. So yeah. You're all right. How can this be wrong? I mean, I think I'm getting a nosebleed now is, from all of I think of this is called codependency and we need therapy. I mean. <laughs> Let's go see a therapist and quickly exit this magical what if. I'm going to hit my croquet ball. Oh my god, my head is spinning and I'm pretty sure I'm going to throw up on somebody's shoes. Lick it up, baby. baby. Lick, Lick it, it up. up. Ah. Oh, my my love, my Steven, we are at the end of our season. What are your final parting thoughts on Heather's The Musical? I want this show to go to Broadway. Oh, same. And that's my final thought ah! on this show. I love that you're so concise. We both know that I'm not going to do that. Um, that's okay. <laughs> I wish I would have seen this show five years ago. I wish I would have known about this show five years ago. Um, I mean, shit, I wish I would have known about this show in high school, to be honest with you. Like, I think that, you know, if it had been around when I was in high school, which I don't, I don't know if that's true. Maybe it, no, not true. No. Good. Well, good. We don't have to show notes, my show notes. Um, but I wish that I would have known about it because it gave a voice to so many things that I was feeling in that time. And it's really important that, you know, it's still advocate for things like talking about your feelings and making sure that people know that you're okay. And, I am a fan of the music and the story and just uh, there's really nothing about the show that I don't like. And I absolutely agree with you that the second it hits Broadway, we're getting tickets, baby. We're getting tickets and we're going to do this again. FTT takes on New York. Yes. Uh, and then um, as a random side note, Beetlejuice is now on Norwegian cruise lines. So we're going to go on a cruise and we're going to go we're watch gonna go on a cruise. Perfect. We're going to go watch Beetlejuice on a cruise. It'll be great. So FTT on sea. Yes. FTT on the sea. <laughs> oh my God. It's going to be fabulous. <laughs> But truly, thank you again. For, I mean, 15 shows, like just what a great way to open my horizons to some new and amazing content. And I just, I am forever grateful for you getting me to really, truly love this passion that I have pursued for my entire life. And I would not be where I am without you. So thank you. Same, babe. Of mm. course, thank you so much because you literally are the brains behind the brains on all of this. I simply just throw this together every week, but you allow it all to happen. And mm. I am so thankful for you in being able to do that and getting to sit and talk about a passion once a week not only is so uplifting for me and my soul, it just makes me feel so good and I'm just in a better mood for it and everyone else in my life is better for it because then all of this talk is done to you and not on them and they are so thankful because <laughs> every time I'm, I'm I, I I fill my week watching stuff I don't usually watch anyway mm -hmm. or need or want to learn about <clears throat> so I will sit and watch it and then I'll gain all this knowledge and then something will come up in conversation with friends and I'll be like, hey, did you know? And they're like, great, that's cool. Aww. We're moving. And then I feel like Martha and I want to go throw myself off a bridge. And then um, <laughs> and then you don't because then you talk to me. <laughs> so now I get to talk to you about it. So Yay. I just want to thank you for being the cornerstone in all of this. So thank you. Mwah. Oh, what do you say? The 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 Billy to my Peggy is that is that true? I am the Billy to your Peggy. Oh God, what an what an excellent compliment. Well, all right, Stephen. I mean, normally we do give me a clue for the next show, but we're taking a break after this, just a little one. But we have a couple things <gasps> that we're gonna do. Oh, surprises! Yay! Yeah. So I did give you a hint that there would be something magical coming your oh, way. Oh, that's so true. You did. Apparently, I just blacked out. It's fine. That's okay. We were able to do a uh, another recording, our second installment with John Riley on Life is But a Song Pod. Oh my god. I love that man so I much. I love <laughs> him so much. So uh. love you, John. We are coming your way. Um, it's going to air first on his and then we will drop it on ours probably a week later. Yes. Um, but please feel free if you want to check out our coverage of a very Potter sequel from Starkid Productions. Oh god. Let's just say 
it gets crazy. It but, gets crazy. Uh, yes, please go check him out at Life Is But a Song Pod uh, on anywhere you listen to your podcasts, and uh, we'll probably drop it here a little bit after. So, but never fear, I have something fun for you that I've been keeping under wraps. I have been compiling and sorting. We're going to do our own bonus episode covering our season one and going over some fun crazy questions and a little little deeper we're also going to try to divulge a little bit more about us personally we never really get to do that on this show and i think that would be fun for our listeners to maybe connect with us a little bit more too so okay i kind of love that because that's the cast party after closing that you're just like oh let's all get together and just tell some stories and uh, uh, yep it's definitely our cast party oh yay i mean before we go you know drink the drano and like you know hit some croquet balls will you drop our socials as well for those people who are listening send us some mugs of blue liquid hit us over the head with croquet mallets kill us with ikluga bullets uh take our red scrunchies take our red scrunchies do whatever you need to do please like follow subscribe hit the bell button do whatever you need to do on instagram we are from the top underscore podcast any corrections you have for us in listening to any and all of our episodes uh it is podcast from the top at gmail.com we really love hearing any and all information i even love when you disagree with us and I love creating conversations from that. Yes. And I'm also going to take this one microsecond before we get done and say that we actually hit a milestone on this show. We are listed on a list of 35 of the best musical theater podcasts to listen to. From the top is number 15 on this list. Right. And here's the thing. 10 of those are probably, they paid for that. They paid. No, we didn't. Shook about it. I'm, I'm reeling. It's so cool. And yeah. uh, if anything, it just shows just our passion. We are yeah. truly passionate about this. And I just keep going. Yeah. Always go for your dreams. Always go for your dreams. But <laughs> make sure not to, you know, take a ceramic mug from boys that you don't know because we don't know what's in the mug. Oh, that's my problem. Yeah. Quit doing that. <laughs> Well, uh, folks, I mean, there's nothing else to say, but thank you from us to you. We can't do this without you. So we love you. You know, we think you guys are incredible. And until next time, this has been From the Top, a Wandering Unicorn production. Have you ever played croquet? It was once. The ball was kind of weird. I just love hitting a couple balls with a big stick.